You are listening to episode number 24 of the Body You Crave podcast, the one where we talk about self-care and why it's not all about bubble baths and manicures or facials and what it's really about instead. I'm master life and weight loss coach Jillian Lama, and you're listening to the Body You Crave podcast, where you'll learn how to end emotional eating, lose excess weight, and feel amazing in your body. No cheating required. Keep listening, and I'll show you how. Hey, hey, welcome back. I'm so excited to be talking about self-care on the podcast today. It is such a great topic and something that I think we often can misunderstand And so I want to bring just a new perspective to it. But before we do, I want to make sure that you are in the Body You Crave community on Facebook and that you have joined us for the Savor the Holidays 30-Day Challenge. So this month, we are going through the basics of how do we implement the basics so that we can make weight loss fun and easy and effortless, regardless of what's going on around us, regardless of the holidays, the travel, the vacations, regardless of all of these other things, any extra stressors, this is real life. And we have to learn how to lose weight throughout every phase of life. If your diet does not work when things get hectic, when life gets stressful, when you feel overwhelmed, when you're traveling, when it's the holidays, your process doesn't work. And I'd invite you into this group and I'll teach you how to create a process that does. I'm not going to give you a list of what you can and can't eat. It's a bunch of bullshit and it never works. You will only need willpower if you are trying to rely on me to tell you what you can eat. Instead, I'm going to help you craft a plan that's going to work for you, where you feel comfortable eating any food and really tuning into your body and learning to trust it, learning to trust your hunger, to trust your satiety, to not be afraid of it, to not be preemptively eating, to not be overeating and emotionally eating, which is a big factor all throughout the holidays, especially as we often don't know how to manage our minds and manage our emotions. And we seek that sense of relief and relaxation and unwinding with food or with alcohol. It's not a problem. It's just a habit that we picked up. So if this is something that you would like to work on, again, come join me for this challenge. It is awesome. (laughs) It's amazing. And you will be completely, I think, blown away by how truly easy this can be. This is one of the comments I get from every client that I work with is, I can't believe how easy this is. I can't believe that I can, that there aren't foods that I'm just not supposed to eat, that I can eat bread or I can eat a cookie or I can eat candy, that this isn't a problem, that I can travel across the country, that I can go on holiday, that I can do these things and still lose weight. That is the main point of this. Okay, so if you're not in this challenge, get in there. (laughs) And so today, though, I really want to talk about self-care. So I was on a podcast this morning talking about this, and I just think it's so fitting for this time of year as we can feel really stressed, very overwhelmed. There's a lot of things to do. There's a lot of like balls that we're trying to juggle, a lot of plates we're spinning, and really being mindful of what needs our time and attention and priority and really looking at what can we outsource, what can we delegate, what do I want to be doing and focused on, and learning how to say yes to myself and to the things that I want to do, even if they don't benefit anybody else. And so one of the things that I see with self-care is that it's often taught in this perspective of fill your cup so that you can go and fill others. We all know the saying, I'm sure most of us do anyways, you can't pour from an empty cup. And while that's true, the whole idea, this notion that the whole, like you are supposed to fill your cup so that you can fill others, I think is misguided and it's misleading. And this is not addressing the mindset issue that we have of taking time to prioritize ourselves. 
to prioritize our wellness, our mental our wellness, our physical wellness, our happiness, and really looking at what are we doing? This is this is the framework that I want to address is that it's not a problem that you are filling your cup so you can fill others. It's not an issue. But we do want to look at how can I fill my cup just because I am worth it, just because I am enough? How do I feel spending time and money out of my day to go and get a massage? A massage only benefits me. It's only for me. Not only do I have to pay for the massage, but I also have to pay for a babysitter if I do it on a weekday and Zach's working. So how do I feel okay and feel comfortable taking that out of the budget, the time budget, the money budget, the energy budget to go and do something because it's going to restore me. It's going to help me to feel better. I'm going to be, I'm going to have a much better disposition. I love massages. I would get one every single week if I could, but that's likely not going to be on the weekly rotation of things to do, (laughs) just in all reality. And so I have to look at, okay, how else am I going to take care of myself? What else does self-care look like? Because it's not just bubble baths or pedicures or manis or like facials. It doesn't have to be a spa day. We've really got to get clear on what self-care is. And I think the biggest, easiest first place that we can start when it comes to self-care is the way that we talk about ourselves, the way that we talk to ourselves and the way that we talk about ourselves, the way that we think. So self-care looks like what am I thinking and telling myself when I pass my reflection in the mirror? Self-care looks like changing that conversation I have around the scale when I weigh in each week. Self-care is how do I talk to myself when I mess up, when I make a mistake, when things don't go as planned, when I'm running late. Self-care looks like really questioning all of those shoulds and expectations that I have on myself or that I have on other people. This is self-care. Changing the way that we think, changing the way that we approach ourselves, our families, the expectations in serving other people. I think it's really interesting as, as I've like over the last few years, my, I'd say one of my primary love languages has shifted into being more acts of service. And I don't like to give love with acts of service because if I am serving, if I'm serving my husband, let's say with this act of doing the dishes, it means he's not doing it for me. So I don't want to love him by doing the dishes. I want him to love me by doing the dishes. I'll love him a different way. But I do have to look at, honestly, how does he feel loved? What makes him feel good? Maybe he feels loved if I put together his lunch and make sure that he has food to take with him during the day. It's not that I'm his babysitter or I'm uh, his mom or I have to do these different things. Like it's not that I'm babying him or it's like, where's the trade-off? Where's the give and take? I feel loved when he does this and he feels loved when I do these things. So looking at how do I How can I give him the love in the way that he wants to receive it, as well as being mindful and being aware that, hey, I get to feel loved, even like knowing what his love languages are, even if that's not how I want to receive the love. So maybe he wants to love me instead of by doing the dishes, by spending quality time together. And I'm like, no, do not come and sit down on this couch. Go do those dishes. No, you are not allowed to come and love on me. No, you (laughs) you do these things. I get to look at what he wants to do and how he wants to love me as well as being his way of loving me and having this conversation. Self-care can look like these conversations. But to bring it all back to to self-care, because <laughs> I got off on a, a little tangent there talking about love languages.
Oh, so changing. So I started talking about love languages in terms of expectations, what we expect of other people, what we expect of of ourselves. And I know for me, if I am sir, if I am loving people with acts of service, sometimes it feels like it's depleting, like they don't get to love me with that form of love. And so just being aware of how you even receive love, how you like to give love, because a lot of times how we receive it our primary receiving language is often the primary giving language. So looking at how are these different? How do we want to do this? And if we go through this list, so I think it's Gary Chapman who has that book called The Five Love Languages. And if you go through that book and you're like, I don't want to, I don't want to do any of these, then it's, we've got to have a different conversation or it's like if we're just doing what feels easy or what feels like we have time for, we just want to be aware of where we're letting this come into play. So self-care looks like loving yourself. And that comes from doing random acts of kindness, doing nice things for yourself. For me, self-care today looked like meal prep. It looked like cooking food. I have got a very busy day. I am super excited that Caleb is still napping because it means that I have time to record this podcast, maybe do a live in my group. I already had you know, some other things going on this morning. I have a full schedule this afternoon. And so I knew if I don't have food ready to go, I'm gonna be hungry and pissed off and irritated later because I'm not gonna have time to cook. So while I was feeding Caleb breakfast, I was also making dinner. <laughs> while I was, you know, doing some other things last night and kind of cleaning up the kitchen, I also was making food for this week. So really looking at what's important to you and spending the time and energy on the things that are important. Self-care can look like sleep and drinking your water. That is a form of self-care. For me, it looks like decluttering and tidying things up. I really love to have a nice, clean, clutter-free home and space. I let my office get out of control for a while and just kept putting it to the back burner. And then it, last week, it was like, nope, this needs to be a priority. Like, this needs to get done. And so I got most of the way through and then noticed, okay, I, I still have some things to finish moving around. Boxes that need to go up to the attic. Stuff that needs to come down and get unpacked. As we move into decorating for Christmas, changing out some of the, the decorations and just making sure that everything has a home and that everybody is aware and conscious of where that home is. I always laugh because I we have shoe bins in our house and then my husband will put his shoes in my shoe bin or in my shoe cubby. And I'm like, no, no, that is not yours. Just because it is an open space does not mean you get to put your shoes there. <laughs> that space is for my shoes. Do not put the Clorox bleach there. Do not put the vinegar there. Do not put your shoes there. <laughs> like my shoe place right there. You can tell what I get really irritated by. <laughs> But I, we've got to bring other people in on what we're doing. Part of this is communication. It's having the hard conversations and trusting that can be a form of self-care as well. But it's how are we doing it? Okay, so I'm decluttering and I'm not like, if he would just put his shoes away instead of leaving them in the middle of the floor. That's not self-care. I can still declutter and I can spend five minutes picking up stuff because I feel good afterwards because I like the end result. I may not always like the little tidying up bits, but I like the end result of what I get to have. I don't always like cooking, but I like having healthy food to eat. That makes me feel good. So that's how we want to approach self-care is how are we doing it? When I, I eat one protein bar a day max as part of my self-care. I say no to a second one from a place of self-love. And it's not, I only get to have one. This sucks. I can't believe how deprived I am. This is so restricting. No. I get to look at, hey, I get one today. When do I want to enjoy this? I'm going to have one. When do I eat it? Am I eating it because I'm stressed or I'm frustrated because stuff didn't get done? Am I eating it because I need a quick snack because I'm running around and I don't have food made? Or am I eating it because I truly actually enjoy it and I'm like in the mood to eat it? 
So just being aware that we can do anything from a place of self-care or from a place of punishment, right? If it's punishment and it's, oh, I only get one of these and this sucks, then it, that's like a place of punishment. If it's, I have to go run and burn this many, run this many miles, burn this many calories. If this is a punishment, it's very different than I'm now going for a run for my mental sanity because it's such a beautiful day because I want to de-stress and unwind because I want to challenge myself a little bit today because I haven't run in a while. We've got to look at what is that motivation for doing the work, for taking that action. But I want to give you permission here that self-care can look like a ton of different things. And it's going to start with our thoughts and thoughts about ourselves, about our bodies, about our weight, about our shape, about our size. And it's going to then have this ripple effect. Thoughts about your kids, about how you're being as a mom. Thoughts about your spouse, about your marriage, about how you're showing up as a wife, about how your husband's showing up. We can have thoughts about and self-care can look like that, changing our thoughts about our job, about our careers, about um, a promotion or maybe a job loss. This is where we get to take control and where we get to step in. And as we get into the holidays, I don't want you to think that, oh, self-care has to look like a bubble bath or self-care has to look like a massage. So in my 60-day food and self-love journal, that's coming out very soon. I'm so excited. But once that comes out, one of the places is self-care. And it's self-care on a weekly basis and then self-care on a daily basis. How am I going to take care of myself today? How am I going to be intentional about this? Self-care for me was like sleeping, going to bed at nine o'clock last night instead of staying up late and doing things. Self-care can look like any, it can look like for me, it was doing the dishes this morning. It was tidying up. It can be any number of things. So we want to look at how am I taking care of myself? Self-care for me is sometimes it's coaching. How can I show up and get coached, raise my hand, show, ask for help, share what's going on, the, maybe the struggle or what's been happening, the thought process, that's self-care. Um, taking time for me to stretch, to meditate or pray, to read my Bible, to read a book, just to read a fiction book, to take a break. Self-care looks like taking a break and not needing food to justify it, not feeling guilty about it, but just taking a break because you can, and because it, that's what's going to help power you through this next piece and this next phase. So to back things up from there too, we also want to look at self-care looks like managing your schedule and managing your time. It looks like being on time for things and having hard stops and not being afraid to say that. It looks like being committed to the times that you have available and saying, you know what, I said I would do this at this time. I, I get to follow through and do that. So really being intentional about where we're spending our time can be a form of self-care to make sure that we do get in the things that we want and prioritizing it. There are times when dishes are not a priority. There are times when like the clutter, mail, <laughs> some of these other things, the office, it's not a priority. So really looking at what is a priority to you? What does self-care look like to you? How do you feel like you can take better care of yourself for just because you are enough and you are worth it? Not so that you can go and help other people. That's a great side benefit, but that is not the justification for taking care of yourself. And I know this comes with likely some mom guilt, with some like hesitancy, with some doubt. And like I've been there, it's been really interesting to see how I can prioritize Caleb and have this fear around mom guilt and kind of these, all this stuff come up that I wasn't really expecting. And it's normal. It's not a problem. 
We just want to work through it. We don't want to let that run our lives. In fact, I'm going to have a guest on here soon where she's going to talk about mom guilt in in particular, because I think it's something that we can um, all struggle with, either in big or in small ways. And we just want to be mindful and start to catch that before it turns into these kind of bigger issues that kind of compound and build over time. We want to catch them in the small thoughts, the small actions. So I want you to know that you are worth it. You are worth taking a break. You are good enough. You have done enough today. You can take a break. One thing that Zach and I were celebrating this past weekend is Caleb turned one on Thursday. And I was like, woohoo, we kept a baby alive for an entire year. <laughs> That's a win. There's a lot of fears around him getting sick. And you know, is he going to flip over? Is he going to fall down the stairs? Is he going to suffocate in his crib and this blanket and all the things? Is he happy? Is he having a good childhood? Am I totally ruining him? Is he going to need therapy because of something I'm doing? Or there's, there's all of these thoughts that that can come up. And we have to just take a step back and look at, all right, no, no, we, we kept a little human alive. That's a win. And so even looking at like my to-do list and being aware. So when we make a plan for our time and we can schedule on our time, and I think maybe I'll do a whole separate podcast on time and scheduling and management is having blocks of time that can be flexible where we can move things around, but that also give us some parameters of things that we want to stay within. And so it's not that it has to be done like this time, but if, if a time block on my calendar gets moved, it gets moved to another time block. It doesn't just fall off my schedule. It has to move someplace else. And if I can't move it to another time, then I need to look at what is it something that is truly more urgent and important that needs to happen? Or is it something that I, I'm just like procrastinating? I don't want to do it. This isn't as fun or as exciting as I would. It feels more burdensome or cumbersome. It's just a pain in the ass to do. I don't like it. I really want to start to question, why do I want to move this piece here? Because when I'm really intentional about the time, I have more of that follow through. And there was totally someplace else I was going to go with that. And I don't remember. But I think time is something that we often have some challenges with spending time on ourselves, spending money on ourselves. And especially if it's time and money that is like only for us, where nobody else gets any benefit out of it. So we've really got to look at all of these different aspects that play a role in us being able to take care of ourselves. And so that's why I think really starting with that conversation that you are having with you is such a great place to start because it's something that you can do any time of day. You can do it in the car. You can do it on a walk. You can do it while you're cooking. You can do it while you're folding clothes. You can do it all throughout the day. It doesn't take away from anyone else, but we start to change that relationship with ourselves. One of the things with weight loss and why we often are so impatient to get there is because we want to hurry up and have the life that we want. I need to get there quickly because I want to feel good in my body. I want to take the pictures. I want to feel more confident. I want to feel more sexy and attractive. I want to be this size. And we think that the weight loss is going to make it happy, make us happy versus then looking at how do I become happy with my life right now? How do I stop turning to food or alcohol as my sole source or my primary source of joy and excitement and pleasure for the day and start looking at how do I create a life that supports, that creates those things for me? How do I get intentional about thinking things about myself, about my job, about my kids, about my family, my spouse? How do I start to get intentional about these thoughts that will create these feelings that I want? Instead of thinking that the weight loss is going to do it, that a new husband is going to do it, that once my kids get out of this certain phase of life, that's going to do it, that a new job is going to fix it. We've got to start by managing our thoughts and thinking differently about our lives. We can absolutely lose weight. 
and look at and focus on the things that we will be doing when in that future version of us a year from now when we've lost 40 or 50 pounds and we're feeling amazing and we are not overeating, we're not emotionally eating, we're not turning to alcohol or social media or shopping or these other forms of buffering to just avoid our emotions, we can certainly be looking to future me. You can look to future you. But I also want to look at how do I start to show up and think and feel the way that I want to think and feel now, today? How do I start creating that life now? How do I stop waiting until I've lost the weight? Stop putting your life on hold. Stop saying, once I do that, then I can have these things. It's not an if this, then that kind of situation. We often think, oh, I have to lose the weight and then I can be happy. Then I can feel confident. Then I can do these things. How do you start to do that now? How do you prioritize yourself now? How do you practice self-love and self-care now? And it looks like approaching everything that you do in life with these changed thoughts creates more self-care. So that it's, I get to go to the gym. I get to move my body. I get to go do this class. We actually do things that we want to do. It's really interesting because I I love body pump. I love teaching it. And there are still nights where I'm like, I really hope nobody shows up right now because I really don't want to teach. I just kind of want to go home. And that's okay. It's not a problem. But I know that after the class, I'm going to be like, oh, that was so good. I'm so glad that people showed up. I'm so glad I got to do this class. This was so much fun. All right. I know that I'm going to have that perspective afterwards. And I love the class. It's totally, and it's totally normal that I have those thoughts and feelings. I can look at making that a problem or I can look at, nope, this is just part of it. It's just part of the process. Nope, you always feel good after you do this. Let's just get going. You're going to thank yourself when it's done. Like when you get done, not that you're happy because it's over. You're going to be happy with the process. Although sometimes, yeah, maybe you're happy that it's done. (laughs) So I think it's important that we look at at self-care this time of year and we look at just taking some time for ourselves, whether it is an hour long yoga or Zumba class, whether it's time to drink your coffee on the back porch or tea, whether it's, you know, taking time for a mom's night out or getting together with a best friend or somebody having some kind of social interaction and just really looking at how can you prioritize yourself every single day. Again, doesn't have to be in these big, massive, expensive things, but how do you start to show more self-care and show more self-love in the little things? That's where it builds up. That's where it compounds. If you go back to last week's episode on just the surprising impact of tiny habits, of tiny actions and how they compound over time. We can do that with our conversation, with our self-talk. We can do it with our actions, our self-love, our self-care. And we start small and we build. Oh, that's where I was going. I... (laughs) When I was talking about the shoes, I totally forgot. I was going to write a book. So I think there's a book or like a movie out about like how to train your dragon. I'm going to write one that's how to train your husband. <laughs> I'm only kidding. But I think part of the aspect what I was getting with was like it can drive me drive me crazy sometimes when I create systems, but I don't always bring my husband in on the system or he doesn't quite understand. He's like, I put it in a shoe bin. I thought that's what you wanted. And I'm like, no, I want you to put it in your shoe bin. <laughs> like, no, this is how this works. Not making it a problem when he puts stuff in mine, but also making sure he's aware and he understands the system. Like, hey, this is my spot. This is my space for these things. If it is empty, please don't put other things here. I appreciate you wanting to declutter and put stuff out of the way where it can't be seen. Like, I do, but don't put it into something else's home, (laughs) right? And he just doesn't always think the way that I do. That's okay. So having those conversations, doing it from a place of self-care, of self-love, 
and knowing that we may not always enjoy the aspect, but we might enjoy the end result. So I may not enjoy the process of washing dinners or (laughs) washing dinners of washing dishes or making dinner, but I do enjoy having a clean kitchen. I enjoy having an empty sink. I enjoy having clean dishes when I want them or need them. I enjoy having food to eat when I'm hungry. Like I enjoy these things. So I'm willing to go through and do this process. That way I can create, like I can have that end result. Does that make sense? Yeah, we got it. All right. So this is just a random <laughs> trait. This, I can't even think of the word now of, of what it's called, but it's just that just wherever my brain goes. I don't know. It'll probably come to me in later on today. I'll be like, oh, that's the word I was looking for. Stream of consciousness. There we go. So it's just the stream of consciousness thinking I did not have. I had a few little notes over here, but I didn't really have an outline or anything. So I'll probably be back to talk about other things related to self-care later um, in another future episode, but just make sure that you are taking time to prioritize yourself, whether that looks like five minutes a day or an hour a day. It might be 15 minutes, morning, noon, and night. It doesn't have to be all at once. It can be these little blocks of time, but just really looking at what does self-care look like to you? What does that mean to take care of yourself? What does it look like to think differently? What does it look like when you notice these negative thoughts coming up and not making it a problem and finding ways to redirect your brain, to shift your thinking, to shift the way that you want to show up in life. Okay. I hope to see you in the challenge. Let's learn how to savor the holidays together. Let's create the life and body that we crave and truly enjoy this holiday season. You with me? Let's do it. If you like this episode, then you'll love my free virtual workshop, Five Keys to End Emotional Eating and Lose Excess Weight for Life. You'll learn the counterintuitive reason why all your attempts to restrict food over the years has actually led to weight gain and the mental switch you need to flick that'll have you dropping pounds without sacrificing wine, carbs, or the food you love. Get all the details at bodyyoucrave.com.